are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. This year on Christmas Eve, we started out with the grandkids um, uh, staying over the night, and, um, and I, I got some videos. I'd fallen asleep. We'd slept in the same room as Ronan. And I'd fallen asleep, and he found my phone, and he was taking videos of me actually asleep, sending them to uh, his parents, and I don't know who on my list that he sent that picture to, but, uh, and so when it came to Christmas Day, it was a great day of rest. They were with the other family, and uh, so maybe uh, you're a little tired today chasing grandkids or kids or whatever. But I'm so glad that you're here. You know, this is, we're, we're getting ready to start a new year. And uh, that new year um, sometimes brings resolutions, things that we want to change, things that uh, maybe we want to stop doing, some of the things that maybe we want to start doing. Um, I, I have some, some bad habits that I, I need to stop doing. And so one of, my, one of my changes, one of my resolutions is to, uh, to stop my my. my regular midnight snack of Brahms ice cream and Lay's potato chips. I know you probably can't see me doing that, but I, that, that's, that's one of my bad habits. Another uh, change is um, uh, I'm going to control my anger a little bit, and my anger usually centers around uh, passwords on different apps and different computers. I uh, can't remember if it's the name of my old dog when I was a boy or if it was a combination of birth dates for my grandchildren, but I I never can remember the right password for the right app, and I'm just going to not be angry anymore. Uh, Another one is I get in a hurry in the morning to either get to the coffee shop or get to work, and I back my car out of the garage a little too quickly. And, and when I back it out a little too quickly, some of the side mirrors tend to fall off <laughs> when I hit the board coming out the door. I'm, not, I'm going to slow down. Now, here's three new, new habits that I would like to uh, start. One, I'm going to start buckling my seatbelt before I turn on my car. Now, for you young kids, you don't understand this. We used to not have seatbelts. And when I went to driver's ed, I was never taught to buckle my seatbelt. And so when I remember to buckle my seatbelt, it's 30 seconds later, and it's always in the middle of a right turn when I'm sipping coffee and eating a donut, and I'm trying then to snap my my seatbelt in place. So I'm going to start buckling the seatbelt before I start my car. Another thing I'm going to do is um, I'm going to take the trash can out on Monday night because they come, excuse me, Sunday night because they come Monday morning. But my tendency, my habit is to be laying in bed and hearing the trash truck come down the road and I'm jumping out of bed. I'm running to get the trash can. Sometimes I'm dressed, sometimes I'm not. And I'm pushing the trash can out to the street. I'm going to do that Monday. That's the new resolution. My last one uh, centers around Kraft caramels. And I'm just going to eat one a day. There's too many days I walk around and I see these, these clear cellophane wrappers, 40 of them, 40 of them in one day, just kind of throwing around different places in the, in the house. And I'm, I'm just going to do one craft caramel a day. 
the new year. It's a possibility of being a, a new you. New year, new you. What would you like to see changed and new in your life? What would your spouse like to see new in your life? Are your children, are your grandchildren, our co-workers, our neighbor? What would they like to see new in you? Um, Mark Twain uh, kind of told a story about someone with habits and, uh, and, and the importance of habits, good, maybe some bad. And he was talking to a woman that was very, very sick, and, and medicine was getting to the point where it wasn't helping her any much. And, and Mark uh, Twain was telling her, now I'll, I'll try to do my Mark Twain voice here, okay. Well, I was talking to her, and, and I said, I can fix you in four days. Uh, you stop cussing. You stop smoking. You can stop drinking. And you can stop eating. In four days, you'll be fine. Well, she told me, I can't, I can't stop cussing and smoking and drinking. I've never done those things. And I looked at her. And there it is. You've neglected your habits. You're a sinking ship with no cargo to throw overboard. Well, one or two bad habits would have saved her. <laughs> so... So I'm not saying you develop some new bad habits. But what would you like to change? What would your spouse like to see changing you? What would your neighbors like to see changing you? What, what would God like to see changed in you? Made new. Become a new person. New you in the near year. New year. I'd like to read a scripture that talks about this new you in the new year. And it's found in Romans 12 and uh, verse 2. And let me read this, and I think it's on the screen. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by the changing the way you think. Now, notice this before we go to the next slide. Don't copy the behavior and customs. Where do they come from? They come from what we think of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. We became a new person when we, when we gave our heart to Christ. But it didn't, the transformation didn't stop there. It just started there. And every day we live and every day we have fellowship with the Heavenly Father, He is changing us into a new person by the way we think. By the way we think. Let's go to the next section. Then, when you, when you change the way you think, you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Probably just to be reminded of that today is what I need to know. God's will for my life is good and is pleasing and it's perfect. And how do we know that? How do we know what God's will is? Well, we go back to the way we're thinking. Um, learning to capture our thoughts matter. 
Because how we think shapes how we live. How we think right now is going to affect the way we're going to be 10 years from now or a month from now. Uh, How we are thinking right now really directs what we're going to become. Uh, One person said it this way. The greatest spiritual battle right now that we have is being fought between our ears. Being fought between our ears. Rick Sermons has been talking about this for the last four weeks. He's been talking about as we are changing the way we think, as we are spending time with Christ, he changes us. And because of that change, we experience peace and joy and hope and love. We are in the process of being changed. Maybe we need to start thinking about what we're thinking about. We need to start thinking about what we're thinking about. We maybe need to do an assessment. You might this week get a journal out and and as the day goes, or maybe put it in your phone, just what are some of the thoughts that cross your mind? What do you spend most of your time thinking about? And and, and trying to do, I know it would be hard to do for very long, but if you just did it for a day, what do you really spend your time thinking about? Add it up and see what are some of the thoughts that, that come into your mind that are good, maybe not so good, some that are productive, maybe not so productive, maybe some damaging. Do an assessment of what you think about. Um, and then you can start addressing some of these things that God points out that needs to change. Let me tell you my story. About five, four or five years ago, um, I was in a dark time in my life. Uh, I would go to work. I would put on a front. Um, and I would work hard. And then when I get home, I would just crash. I would eat. But I felt like about 6 o'clock in the evening, every evening, going to bed and just kind of escaping. And uh, it, it was a dark time that stayed with me for about a year. But I kept on doing the things I knew to do. I, I, I kept on reading the Bible. I kept on going to church. I kept on, you know, more than just my job. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I prayed. And I was sitting in Panera Bread. And uh, if you're at that one at Rockwell and Northwest Highway, it was in the back booths. And it was at one of the tables by the booths that only holds two people. And I had my Bibles and stuff all spread out. And I was feeling this heavy, dark feeling. And all of a sudden, it lifted. I've been praying for this for a long time. It lifted. It was gone. I mean, and I'm looking around. And I'm looking, you know... Surely the people around me saw what just now happened because I'm feeling it. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I just can't believe that the heaviness was gone. And then my loving Heavenly Father said, Lewis, I've done this for you. But if you don't change the way you're thinking, you're going to end up right back here. You're going to end up right back here. And I started thinking. I started doing an assessment about the things that I think. And, and some of the things that I, I recognized, I mean, really quickly, is that uh, I'd become a people pleaser. One of the things that made me feel good about myself is when I served and pleased other people. 
But what happens is that when you get in that habit, when you get in that, when you're addicted to that, you say yes to everything. And then before long, you're saying yes to everything. But then, but then when God asks me to do something, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing, doing your work. And God said, listen, slow down. Prioritize me. My wife said, you know, to me, you know, you're doing good things. You're serving. You're, you're, you're doing all this good stuff. But, but um, I'm way down the list as far as a priority. And so I, I started digging a little bit deeper. Why, do, why, why is it so important for people um, to be pleased? Why, why is it, what is it within me that, that's kind of missing? And I, and I went back a little bit further in my life. And, uh, and I found out that I've been dealing with some things since I was a little boy that I'm not sure if I felt like people, if they really knew me, if they really knew me, would they love me? And, and I had gotten into a habit of showing what I wanted to show and not really sharing how I felt, how I thought, maybe the real me. One of the persons that helped kind of dig me out of that was, was Rita. She would ask questions. She would kind of dig and dig and dig, and, and she still loved the me she found. Well, I think that a lot of Christian psychiatrists think there are two, there are three main key lies the enemy attacks us with. One is that I'm worthless. Or two, I'm helpless. I really can't fix my problems. Or the third is I'm unlovable. Brian, James Brian Smith talks about this transformation and he he describes the way to work through transformation the way god works is is like a triangle and there are three sides and in the middle is to the power of the holy spirit nothing happens without the power of the holy spirit but he said one part of that triangle is is practices practices that we we uh, we do reading the bible going to church uh, praying these are practices that maybe reprogram the way we think about ourselves. He said the other part of the triangle is creating a new narrative. That's just a new way of thinking. The way you think about you. The way you think about God. The way you think about other people. See, God is wanting to create a new creature in you. And that means a new narrative, our new way of thinking. And then this last part of the triangle is community. Um, can it happen without community? Uh, I meet with about three or four guys every week, and I've done this um, off and on probably for about 20 years. We probably meet together uh, every week 80% of the time of the year, so real regularly. And we hold each other accountable. And to tell you the truth, there are some, there, there's occasionally we get together for lunch and we do about this much accountability and we do about this much about football. But uh, th those are not the norm. Those are not the norm. But one of the ways that God has challenged me to change is I've been seeing the change in my friends, the change that God has been bringing into their life. 
Well, one of them I was just talking to the other day, and he said, you know, God has changed me in the last 10 years, and I've seen it. He's changed me the way I think about him. He's totally changed the way I think about myself. And he's beginning to change the way I think and react to other people. And I'm meeting with someone, two or three people every week, that God is actively changing all of us, maybe at different paces in different areas, and we share that, and all of a sudden I'm encouraged, I'm empowered to be changed by what I see happening in my community, in my small group of people. And it's real rare if you have someone you can trust well enough to share that kind of stuff. That's a gift, and God's given me that gift to bring about the change. So we identify the junk. We identify the junk. Matter of fact, one scripture says, take every thought captive. And when you take that thought captive, you assess it, and you say, you know, that didn't belong. Just boot it. And let's bring in another thought. Let's bring in a, a promise from God's scripture that I am loved, and he is faithful, and I am his child. And uh, he protects me like a, a bird protects the hens. He, he is with me. He takes me besides peaceful waters. He literally makes me. He makes me rest in green meadows. Do you see the thoughts that God wants to replace the wrong thoughts with? And he wants to replace it with correct thoughts that's coming from him. Um, Louis Gigolo. Um, he's got a good book. And he was talking about... Uh, Psalms 23. He was reading through it, and he came down to uh, something that changed the way he thought. And she was reading it. He, he came down to the part where he says, and, and he prepares a feast, a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He prepares a table. He, he prepares a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Crazy things are going around you in your life. There's things you can't control. But right in the midst of that, the King of Kings, the creator of everything, says, Doug, let's, let's prepare a table for you. And so I just so happen to have a few things here. Got some plates. I hope, Rita, these aren't your, your best plates if I drop them and break them. But here are some goblets we use once a year at Christmas time. And I can't remember, is the, uh, is the fork on the left or the right? Left? Okay, thank you very much. And that means the knife and the spoon is on the right. I believe that God is probably taking... Some very, very special preparation.
preparing your table. And this is a, uh, where's that? It's, it's a cheese board I just had. Oh, there it is, yes. You know, I, I, I can't say the real word. Chicroner, she, you know, I, I can't say. So I call it the Sean Connery board. And uh, Sean Connery. And on a Sean Connery board, you put a bunch of snacks that you really like. And so, uh, Triscuits, I like um, pita bread, mushrooms, I like French bread, there's some peppers, some carrots, oh, olives, we'll put that out there, uh, let's see here, spicy guacamole, Oreos, hey, this is my feast, this is my feast. God's preparing that. And Dr. Pepper. There's no better way. Top it off with Dr. Pepper. And one of the first, <laughs> one of the first things that, that, um, that God wants to tell me, say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you slowed down. I'm glad you've come to be with me. But one of the most important things you can do, Lewis, is tell the enemy he has no place at your table. We've allowed the enemy to sit at our table too long, too many times, telling us lies. God, it's me and you. Please tell me the way to think. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think about me. And God is saying, oh, I'm so glad I prepared this table. I am going to give you everything you need. I'm going to give you a feast of thoughts that will bring you unbelievable joy and happiness. I'm going to give you strengths and thought that will get you through the tough, dark times. I'm going to give you the mental food that you need right now, even in the midst of your enemies. This table is available to you. This table is available to you, Howard, 24 hours a day. Why don't you just come and sit and spend some time with me and I'll share you with you what I think. The thought pops into your head about poor people. I'll tell you what I think about poor people. A thought pops in your head, rich people. I'll tell you what I think about rich people. Oh, the church. I'll tell you what I think about the church. Oh, all the politics and stuff. I'll tell you what I think about that too. You see, Lewis, even though I created everything 
and I seem to be awful big, I invite you to my table. I invite you to dismiss the enemy from my table. And I invite you to hear what I say about everything in your life. Everything about me and how I care for you. You say. What do you say, Father? What do you say about all this? That's how we change as people to become new. We change the way we think by spending time with the Father. Let's pray. Father, I spend a lot of time with people, and they have opinions. To tell you the truth, sometimes I'm... I'm led in the right direction by their opinions, and sometimes it it, it just turns my world upside down. It makes me really feel frustrated when I hear other people's opinions. But I'm reminded this morning, I'm reminded as we begin this year, it's what you say is truth. What you say is important. What you say is going to get me through this. Um, You love me, and you care for each and every one of us. Help us as we submit our minds, our thoughts, to you and what you say. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.